Hello friends and welcome to episode number 216 of Bad Flips and Maple Dips. It's Patrick here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. He is Justin out in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Justin, it's been a month. Uh, it's been a while. Yeah, you, you sound super happy to be back. <laughs> <laughs> I am though. I am. I am. It's just the season is over and now we're in that period of time where there's no baseball and it's only speculative talk from here. But we love that. Yes, we do. We tend to shine in the off season, but it's also I I've got the the sads just because of how the J season ended. It's really hard to Oh, I'm over it already. I don't know. I have I such know a short shelf life for grief That's when fair. it comes to sports just because I'm so used to it at this point. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, the Leafs have really just killed every bit of joy in my body um over the last 15 years or so so do you let me ask you a question as a toronto a generally speaking a toronto sports fan mostly leaning towards jays and leafs yeah the jays obviously won championships um uh, you know within the last half century i was as, i was six months old for the first it, one though so do you feel <laughs> do you feel like there it's almost like you're getting to a point where there's no point and cheering for the Maple Leafs because it's been so long and it, there doesn't appear to be any sort of sign that uh, good times are coming. Like, do you feel hopeless at any point during how, like, is it hard? Like, do you put on a Maple Leafs jersey and go, yeah, like, yeah, you feel I, good? I still do. Like, I mean, I don't um, know. I think, I think that's the, the power of, of being a, a sports fan is that like, there are people who are genuine fans of the Arizona Coyotes, even though they will never win anything and they play in front <laughs> of 5,000 people at a university arena. Like, there are, yeah. there are people who are genuine fans of just bad teams. Like, there are genuine Tampa Bay Rays fans, believe it or not. There are genuine Miami Marlins fans somehow. Like, like, there okay. are people who are fans of bad teams. And it's just, I, yeah. think, I think that's the, the beauty of sport is just like that hopeless or like the, the unquestioning loyalty. You might be mad at your team or sad about your team losing, but as soon as the first game of the new season starts, it's just like re re like the new hope. A hope is re hope is renewed, you know? Like it's just you kind of just forget about what happened, at least I do anyway. So yeah, I I'm nowhere close to ever stopping cheering for any of any of the teams that I cheer for. Um okay. Well, it's just you've been through so many years of disappointment. I, that's why I bring up the yeah, question. I think uh, as much as I love sports, they're like they're basically like uh, they're one of the low points of my life because <laughs> it's the it's, it's it's one of the things it's that makes dark. me feel bad, but it really has no impact on my life as a whole. You know, like no, you walk away and like you're a different I, person. The Leafs yeah. lose, I turn the TV off, and it doesn't matter anymore because it 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 really it realistically has zero impact on my day to day life. You know, like. It's the emotional, yeah. it's the level of emotional investment. And let me tell you, from mm -hmm. the time I was about eight until I, uh, the heartbreak of 2009, every moment of my life was, you could feel the energy emanating from my body and how focused I was at paying attention to the Detroit Red Wings. Right. And... It was like once they lost game seven of the Stanley Cup finals to Pittsburgh 
it was like it that was such a bad gut shot i don't think i've ever recovered i still have i like i'm a huge fan i have tons of memorabilia but i don't watch games as much as i used to maybe it's because i'm older now well but like it's a time investment of three hours to watch a sports event yeah it's a lot i just wonder like is it just a product of age I'm not saying that's the case with the Jays either. Oh, uh, obviously, so <laughs> 30, 30 years without a title sucks yeah. ass, but I don't know. There's been some good teams and some great memories. Uh, and it, baseball is one of those things where I think your team can have a good season and you could like walk away from being like, yeah, they had a good season. You can have a great MLB season and still not make the playoffs. And yeah. because the playoffs are so limited, it's like... You, winning a playoff round is a way bigger deal in baseball than it is in hockey way bigger yeah way fucking bigger makes the playoffs in the nhl so exactly you i think in order for uh a team to measure success i think they have to win more than one playoff round multiple years in a row and if you don't do that then you're not as successful and the last team that got even close to that level of success were the red wings uh where I mean, they want to play you could put tampa in there they no, but they see that's the thing is like there were years and years and years quite recently where they didn't make the playoffs at all yeah. it's true the last three years for sure but i'm talking with the red wings it was like 15 years do you know what i mean yeah fair enough a, a first round exit for them was shocking yeah that's fair um but what i'm getting at is just like it's interesting how our fandom will ebb and flow with time and your investment will increase or decrease depending on team performance, but also your own personal availability. So if I feel less, after having this conversation, I feel less sad about the Jays uh, getting stomped in the wild card. Yeah. Um, but I'm actually also kind of surprised they didn't receive more individual awards now that the season's over. But we'll get to that, folks. We've got a lot to talk about. Uh, some interesting things have happened. Uh, we'll get into all of it. If you like what we do, you can follow us on Twitter at BFMD Podcast. No blue check mark. Yeah, we will never going to pay for that. For that. <laughs> never. Uh, <laughs> DM or tweet us your questions. You can find us on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. It's funny shit. Go ahead and follow us. Uh, find us at BFMDPodcast.com. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the episode. We got a lot to go through, but let's start off with the obvious. Uh, Justin, grab the wheel. Let's let's get right into it. Uh, who won the World Series? Yeah, the Astros won um, a legitimate World Series. No garbage cans were involved in the making of this title. Um, and as we all predicted, somehow the Philadelphia Phillies made it that far. I guess that's what happens when you have one of the highest payrolls in the league. It ends up paying off for you. Um Bryce Harper had a great playoffs. Uh, Zach Wheeler was really good too. Um, and, but I mean, the Astros were the best team in baseball this year consistently over the full season. Uh, obviously the Dodgers won the most games, but uh, choked against the Padres. But yeah, no, the Astros won. I didn't watch a second of the World Series. I don't know about you, but uh, the two teams who were in it, I could not care any less about them. Uh, so. I'll be honest with you. I didn't watch a second of it. Uh, (laughs) I was hoping the Astros would win because it helps to legitimize the success of their team by having this happen. Mm -hmm. 
they're now champions without any i mean they were champions before but now they're champions to a point where you can't dispute their success yeah um and everybody really just needs to put 2017 in the past yes uh there are a lot of problems and what's weird to me too is the face of the astros is jose altuve and people were so critical of him being a part of that 2017 team the guy it was pretty obvious from the start too that um if i recall correctly he was never a part of it he didn't require the trash cans to be successful i don't know i i'm I don't want to bring that, all right, that stuff. All right, we don't have to get into we don't have to get into that. But either way, he's a superstar. Now he's a world a two time World Series champion, and he's won a World Series without any level of controversy whatsoever. And uh, to me, I think that's just good for baseball. Yeah, and his numbers weren't even that good this postseason. Um, they weren't, but still, he like it's. I I just feel like this legitimizes the Astros' yeah. success. Yeah, and. For sure. Um, I was, I'm really happy anytime a Philadelphia sports team loses, <laughs> I'm, I'm absolutely ecstatic. I think I, I don't, yeah. Um, yeah, I'll just <laughs> anyway. leave it at that. I'll just leave it at that. It's um, great to see Philadelphia lose, especially for them to come so far and to be so close only to blow it. Uh, it just, it's, it's very satisfying. I was very happy with the world series results. Agreed. Yeah. Um, the managers, when your meetings were this week, um, I guess somehow, I'm not sure why they had them so early after the World Series, but <laughs> free agency is open today, Friday the 11th. So we might be seeing some more some more moves. Only two like big names have signed so far, and they both re-signed. Like, obviously, Edwin Diaz is staying uh, with the Mets. He signed a five-year, $102 million contract. And then Robert Suarez, who was very good for the Padres this year, signed a five-year, $46 million deal. So the reliever market is already in full swing with those two guys re-signing and big contracts, like 9.2 average for Suarez and 20.4 for Diaz. Those are big numbers for relief pitchers. But uh, yeah, That's a lot of money for closers. And I feel like it's and the Suarez most... has never closed a game, so he's not even a closer. <laughs> well, to me, too, it's weird because it's like... It is, I think it's the most volatile position oh, for in sure. baseball, which is why I place so much of an emphasis on the success of closers who get three, four, five, six hundred saves yeah. because it's such a difficult position to maintain. Yeah. You could have one bad season and it'll just like as a, could uh, be over. <laughs> as a closer. And yeah, you're toast. It might not even be a season, it might be half a season yeah. and you're just gone could that's be why three bad start three bad outings in a row and you're, you've lost your job right yeah that's why it's so impressive to see uh pitchers like trevor hoffman uh mariano rivera lee yep. smith these are all guys who like belong in the hall of fame and we're going to see an influx of more names who will be eligible for the hall of fame who should get in one way or the other so uh i mean we don't i don't have to beat this drum again yeah i i think but there are guys uh that will be on the ballot in the coming years k-rod uh billy wagner um i don't know if he's still on the he is yeah uh no but uh is troy percival oh no he would be 
long off the ballot. He has 358 career saves. Yeah. I just think it's a testament to like the quality of of a uh, of a pitcher. I I know like it's you could make a, a great case against it, but there's only a handful of guys who have saved 300 games. Yeah. It's just it's a very volatile position and to see guys like uh like Edwin Diaz get like have so much fanfare and to get so much money to stay put and to close games is I don't know I just lo- I love it I love that we're entering an age of of like where people realize how important closers are I mean they always were but now it's like seeing the decades of success from Rivera Hoffman Wagner Kimbrel Kenley like it's just we're coming up we're like I don't know we're at the golden age I think of closers and respect for closers yeah so good for those guys for getting paid um it's weird because it they fought so hard to get the success and it can all go away so quickly it's yep, really but, frustrating uh, but they've secured their bag um good but for yeah them. I, just, I want to just tie those two things in quickly uh can- just that's all that's <laughs> happened so far really in free i'll say season. one more thing about it um <laughs> this is kind of beside the point but uh how much do you think we paid Jordan Romano to close this year for yeah, us? Yeah, it was he's on an entry level deal still. Probably yeah, less than less than a million. For uh, first year of arbitration is this year. Yeah, the estimate according to Sport Track is three point four million dollars. Uh, last year he uh, <clears throat> he saved thirty six games for us, and twenty three the previous year, and it's just like, it's it's hard to believe right yep. we're paying in peanuts and we will for at least three more years we're mm-hmm. pretty close to peanuts yeah in terms of <laughs> and, baseball uh, contracts yeah one of the most important players on the team getting paid jack shit there you go well that's just like vladdy Bo as well right malik manoa <laughs> gets paid less than yeah when they hit their arb years which is coming it's gonna be yeah. roger's gonna have to pay or yep. they're gonna have to trade them be ponying up anyway um speaking of the blue jays let's talk about them a little bit uh the john schneider era has officially begun he's no longer the interim <laughs> manager we all kind of knew it was coming but they did take a little bit longer than everybody thought to, to yeah. formalize it he's got a three-year deal so uh we'll be seeing schneider barring i guess obviously being fired for the next three seasons i think that's a pretty fair deal based on the fact that the organization's been grooming him for literally 20 years uh, in terms of his minor league playing days and coaching throughout the organization so it's about time he gets the reins and yeah i'm looking forward to see what he'll do with it any thoughts from you on schneider it's a slam dunk people were very critical of the jays for waiting that long to make the deal i don't think it's as big a deal as people thought i think yeah. they did their due diligence um do i think they interviewed other candidates maybe and even if they did i'm pretty sure that schneider always had the inside track mm-hmm. he was phenomenal uh, he was a huge boost to the team. He's the reason I think that uh, the season turned around so quickly, and not because Charlie was so despised. I think Charlie was beloved in Toronto by the yeah. players and yeah. by staff and by management. But unfortunately, Charlie, um, I-, I think based on what we've seen in the media and what the players have said, they're very diplomatic about it. Charlie is not really the manager type Mm -hmm. 
and he immediately got a job as a bench coach in Chicago, and I think he's going to thrive on that team full of young players who will look to his experience, and I think he'll be great. Yeah, hopefully he does well there. Obviously, we wish him well and we never we had some we had some negative things to say about him but who didn't uh, in terms of like his managerial style but the guy's great and hopefully he does well in chicago i honestly i hope someday he gets a ring because he he definitely is the type of uh guy you want to root for and that you do root for 100 percent um the blue jays had have well so far have had two award winners patrick uh vladimir guerrero jr somewhat surprisingly in my opinion got his first gold glove as al first baseman and alejandro kirk picked up his first career silver slugger behind the plate which that one was not a surprise obviously started the all-star game for the american league and had the best numbers of any catcher in the al like by far and away so that one's not a surprise at all um any thoughts on those no surprises i i well i will say respect to vladdy um i don't get why he didn't win the silver slugger uh he explain i don't think he had the best offensive season by american league first baseman i think uh, ty france was better than him uh i haven't seen a side by side but didn't vladdy have better uh no <laughs> okay all right no i'm, I'm okay yeah. to be it's, it's, i'm totally fine um, with being wrong i'm, I'm surprised totally i'm i'm actually pretty surprised he won the gold glove i thought it was going to go to owen miller from cleveland he he had better numbers uh, by both yes yes cast as well as yes. uh, saber which accounts for about 25 percent of it, it i mean gold glove is so. It's I mean, they gave Jeter yeah. like a bunch of gold gloves yeah. when he was not even it in has, the top twenty. It has become more analytical in like the past ten years, as now like the Saber defensive index accounts for like roughly about a quarter of the award winners. Like, so it's not purely just based on oh he looks like a good shortstop anymore. They do they do take some numbers into into effect or into account, but yeah, still I mean popularity contests for the most part for for gold glove um lots of guys who do win it deserve to win it but some of them are a little questionable i mean vladi did play the majority of of the games at first base obviously he dh'd a few times or more than a few times but definitely spent a lot of time at first base and showed massive improvements over the year before so i think he'll keep getting better then in the coming years like next year or the year after i think he could be truly deserving of a gold glove if he continues improving at the position but i i don't know i was surprised but I, not that he doesn't deserve it i was just a little bit surprised that he did win yeah i mean i don't know i think gold glove i mean i it's weird to me how the metrics make matt chapman appear less valuable than he is yeah he single-handedly like resurrected bo's reputation as a defender a little bit, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I strips tweeted something about how it's kind of crazy. Yeah. How the how advanced metrics. I believe he used like the quote like "eat my shorts" or something. Yeah, like he Bart, said like I don't want to look at any metric that doesn't defend the idea that Matt Chapman is the best third baseman in baseball. Yeah. <laughs> something along those lines. I'm paraphrasing it. It's not a direct yeah, quote. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can just go look at Strips's Twitter and you can find it. He's right. <laughs> uh, I agree with him, um, 
did he have the best defensive season this year? Uh, maybe not, but still, I don't know. I just find, I don't know, maybe there is something to the idea that maybe analytics sometimes can go too far. I don't know. I hate the I hate the old school notions though of like you can tell with the eyeball test. I hate that. But like I don't know, man. I just feel like Chapman is the best third baseman in baseball. That's maybe I'm biased. That's probably what it is. I'm probably just biased. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think you're wrong, but um let's just leave it at that. Yeah. So Kirky gets the the silver slugger. That's one hundred percent deserved. No one can argue that. He had a phenomenal year. Um and he's been linked to a lot of trade talk rumors. Uh, there's been a lot of articles published, a lot of talk between baseball I guess, insiders, I would say, that the Blue Jays, uh, John Morosi, expects them to trade one of their catchers. And it makes sense. I mean, if you look at it from a pure roster standpoint, having all three of Denny Jansen, Alejandro Kirk, and Gabriel Moreno on the MLB roster as they are all ready for big league baseball. I mean, it's, it's tough to keep three catchers for a full season. The Jays have kind of gotten away with it in the past couple of years as both Jano and Kirky have spent some time on the IL. Um, so they have needed three catchers. This year was the first year where Marina was the third, like the third in line kind of thing. Um, they had Zach Collins kind of to start the year. Last year they had uh, Tyler Heineman around. Like they had just other guys that were kind of there while Marino was still coming up. But now he's he's here and he's ready. So what do you do? Like, do you trade one of them? Yes. Which you, one? Yes, you trade them. Catchers. Catcher is maybe the most difficult position to have a strong tandem at, and we have three guys. <laughs> who could be number one catcher on a overwhelming majority of baseball teams. Mm -hmm. All three of these guys could be the main catcher. Yeah. With the exception of maybe Kansas city and maybe the Yankees, I guess there's not that many other teams in the American league who I think have a better catcher than any of the three that we have. Although it's limited data when it comes to Moreno. So uh, Jano had a, an astonishing year, and just as a spoiler, Danny Jansen's getting an A plus for me <laughs> when we do our grading episodes in the in the months to come. Uh, Alejandro Kirk is going to get an A, and Moreno gets a B plus. Uh, but to have this embarrassment of riches, this is the opportunity to really leverage it and yeah. either restock the prospect pool or go after somebody who's going to help you to win now. And there are some very sexy prospects uh, to trade uh, for a trade in uh, the National League. I love this idea that St. Louis is going to need somebody. And they have a dearth of outfielders. And we need a left-handed bat pretty badly on this team. We can't just have nine righties every night. So that either means that Kevin Biggio has to be an everyday regular, which he's not going to be, or we need to make a trade. There's yeah, no Corey... Keep in mind what Merrifield is on the roster too. That's true, yes, but um, I forgot that he has another year at least. Yeah, another option year. So. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they do 
because obviously Santiago Espinal had a good season. He fell off. But Whit Merrifield didn't have a great season either at the plate. Yeah, he um, and he started the year on a really bad team too. But a yeah, really bad team. He, so he his did, stats are really he sandbagged. He did finish September October really strong. Yeah. Um, he was one of the best Blue Jays offensively down the stretch. So I mean, I I'm looking forward to having him. But yeah, in terms of the catchers, I mean, like all three of them. If you just look at say Moreno for example, he he played in 25 games, Patrick, and he had a 0.7 F4. He threw out seven of seventeen base runners, like attempted stealers in in his time in the big leagues. Pretty good. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah. Um, Kirky had a three point eight F four, and Jano in only seventy two games had a two point six, which is his highest year ever. Like last year, Jano played in seventy games and had a one point four. He nearly doubled that this year in only two extra games, extra forty at bat or plate appearances. But still, like these these guys are all three highly highly valuable in terms of what they bring both on offense and on defense you you mentioned it like having a good catcher tandem is one of the hardest things to do but having three guys who are legitimate contributors on both offense and on defense is like unheard of it's it's maybe the the deepest positional trio in baseball right now between these three guys maybe i'm being a little bit biased in that but it's it's really maybe. difficult to find catchers who combine for like seven f war in a season like that's well there's nobody else nobody else is doing that like i mean wilson Contreras had a great year for the cubs but he was just one guy like it's outside yeah. of him they didn't have any depth um so I, I don't know, like. That's why <laughs> I, I feel like at this stage, let me just do. I just need to do a quick calculation here. Obviously, Alejandro Kirk is, uh, uh, what twenty three, going on twenty four or twenty four as of now. He's, He's twenty four. He turned twenty four yeah. five days ago. Twenty four five days ago. Yeah. November eighth. Happy birthday, birthday, Alejandro Kirk. I love you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, Danny Jansen is, I believe, He's 27. 27. His birthday is turn at the beginning of April, and, or middle yeah. of April. And then Gab Marino turns 23 February of Valentine's Day. He's a Valentine's Day baby. So uh, he's not even 23 yet. <laughs> Jansen is basically coming off of a career year. Yeah. He is probably the most... Uh, embedded in the team he's worked with almost every pitcher on staff yep he is ridiculously uh beloved amongst the pitching staff as you far know, as i know you know what's worth noting about kirk though too he is too kirk is too he, the guys love kirk. he's the guy who caught all of all but one of manoa's starts this year and he caught robbie ray last year as well Yes. So he has uh, caught two of the best individual pitching seasons in recent history for the Blue Jays. So that's worth noting. A lot of people, a lot yes. of people do say like, and I and I and I say it a lot how Denny Jansen is just such a good game caller and good defensively, but Kirk, to his credit, has caught two of the best seasons in the last ten years for the Blue Jays pitching staff. Yeah. If I had thought so. more about it, I would have gone uh, gone digging for the pitch framing statistics. And yeah, the two Kirk is actually a little bit better at that than jansen is um from what i have seen especially on the low pitches obviously when you're 
shorter <laughs> as Kirk is. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, 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 you should be better at things lower down. Um, and they both throw out a decent amount of base runners. Kirk, Kirk has improved in, like an incredible amount behind the plate defensively in, since he's come to the big leagues. He was pretty raw in 2020. Um, but this year, like the, the Jays led baseball with the fewest pass balls. Um, they, like it it just keeps going back to the fact that like, yeah, these three catchers, they're all ready to be major league baseball starting catchers and play almost every day, whether it's even DHing, which is crazy. Kirk is an all-star. Danny Jansen, uh, is coming off of brutal injuries yeah, (laughs) uh, and having a career season. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got Gabriel Mourinho, who is a top five prospect in baseball. Um, I don't think he's technically graduated yet. I, he's just, I, I, I don't think there's a more valuable prospect right now than Moreno. I don't see the point when you already have two excellent catchers who just pulled off like an incredible season. Yeah. Even if there was regression from both of them, it's still, you're still looking at, they have the capability of putting across a, a six F four season. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Danny Jansen in 248 plate appearances had a 140 WRC+. plus. That was the highest on the team. Yeah, he actually. So Vladimir Guerrero Jr. had 706 plate appearances, so nearly triple of what Danny Jansen had. He had a 132 WRC+, and only a 2.8 F4. Danny was a 2.6 in a third of the the plate appearances. So, like... His production was incredible this year. Springer was up there with a 4.2 F4 and only 583 plate appearances. And the same WRC plus of 132 is Vladdy. So it's like Jano was there and like Kirky was a 129 uh, WRC plus as well. So like these these guys were, they were both top five, Jansen and Kirk, in, in like really WRC plus war on the team. Um, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> The metrics appear to be screaming at this team not to trade Danny Jansen or not Alejandro Kirk, which means... I would agree with that. It's very unfortunate because we love Gab, uh, Gabby Mourinho. He's, he's, he's the odd man out. He's very good. And the one thing that has potential to keep him around is that there is a chance that he has some positional versatility. We saw him play a little bit of third base. We saw him play left yeah. field, but that, but that is that's a stretch. Um, yeah, that is the one saving grace where the team could be like, okay, Gabby, you're gonna play a lot of left field in spring training or something, right? Like you're gonna play another position, just to give them a way to convince themselves to keep him. <laughs> I, I I don't think the Jays are going. They're not gonna give one of these guys up unless it's a good trade in return. Like they're not going to just look to move somebody, right? It's not a case of like, Oh, we have to trade one of these guys. It's a case of, we will trade these guys. If what, if the return is worth their value, you're not going to see the front office of Atkins and Shapiro, uh, lose a trade that involves one of these guys in terms of the initial value. Anyway, over time, it remains to be seen, but the Jays have not been shy to trade away prospects. Like obviously, we talk about um, Simeon Woods Richardson and Austin Martin to Minnesota for the in the Jose Barrios trade. Like they haven't been shy to trade away top prospects. 
So that does set the precedent that it could be Moreno as the odd man out. And I agree with you. Based on what we've seen from Jano and Kirk, it's tough to trade either of those guys right now. There's the the fans online with the, the sell high argument on either of those guys. No, fuck as, all that. Fuck all that. That's a terrible in term, idea. In terms of Jano, I don't know if he can produce more than what he did. Kirk, I think, could still get better. That's um, why you don't trade him, though. Yeah, and they agreed. And and like Denny Jansen, I think is is he's kind of peaked, but he could plateau at this level, or somewhere close to it. I'm not expecting him to to lead the team in WRC plus, um, <laughs> over a full season if he can stay healthy. But but I mean, obviously, like you don't expect him to fall off an incredible amount from what he just did. I don't think he does. I don't think Kirk does either. That's why I just no. Think... I, I think I think this Kirk that we saw this year is is like average Kirk. Like coming up through the minors, this guy was he hit everywhere every level he went to, which is why he made the big leagues as a twenty year old. Yeah, I, this isn't his final form. No, <laughs> I don't think it's not. But here's the thing. Here's what's really interesting too, and we'll talk about some of the other scuttlebutt that's happening out on the internet right now because there's a lot of really fucking weird stuff we'll talk about in the in the coming weeks but yeah. for now we'll capstone the catcher talk by saying i'm very interested to see what kind of trade st louis and toronto could potentially do with gabby Mourinho, uh and then maybe some sort of package to include lourdes guriel jr uh, in order to get some of those uh, really good quality outfielders that they have over there in St. Louis. Uh, the name that comes to my mind is the one I think the most everybody's like pretty excited to say, and it's Lars Newtbar. Yep. Uh, Lars Newtbar uh, had an okay season uh, offensively. It didn't, I don't think he blew anybody's mind, but he is uh, a left, he bats left, he throws right. Um, he uh, has a great eye already at just 24 years old. His BB percentage was 14.7. I find that very enticing for someone who played 108 games. Um, offensively, yeah, like he's got some power. Um, I'd like to see that average come up. Um, 125 WRC plus, 2.7 F war, uh, driven mostly by his offense. I, there's something there. I, I, I'd be really interested in a package center around him. Now, obviously, yeah. it's one for one would not be fair. No. Uh, Mourinho is worth three Lars Newbars. <laughs> but that's the thing is like, you got to, you, if you build a strong enough package, Maybe there's some pitching that St. Louis has because I don't know that they're if they just lost a lot of key pieces. They yes, Adam Wainwright's coming back for one more year, but uh, no more Pujols, which means the utility bat's gone. No more Yachty. Your main catcher is gone. Um, you got to do something. Guriello would be a big shot in the arm for that team, and so would Gabriel Mourinho. That's your catcher of the present and future. And Guriel is still young, and that you could probably sign him to a long-term deal. So I think they're, I think they're the ideal trading partner for uh, 
to to receive Gabriel Mourinho. We'll see how it all pans out, but I think it's just inevitable. I don't see trading Kirk like you you might get a little bit more for Kirk, but like the Jays want to win now. What if it takes Mourinho like two or three more years to be as good as Kirk is at the plate or as Danny is, you know, behind the plate when he's there? Like I I, I don't know. I don't see why you break up the band because Mourinho is such a good prospect. I just think you kind of have to Mourinho is only slightly yeah. younger than Kirk, and Kirk is already a, a, an, an all star <laughs> and a silver slugger. Like, what? It's, what more do you need? Yeah, I, I know, and it's going to be a debate that kind of rages all off season until a trade either happens or until spring training begins. I love it though. It's it's, the, it's a good problem to have. <laughs> it's it's the best possible problem. The Jays yeah. are in probably the best possible position that they've ever been in going into an off season because they had some breakout, some young players yeah. break out. Uh, and because, you know, they're going all in now, uh, it'll be very interesting to see what they do with the 20 million that will be freed up by Hwanjin Ryu, probably being on the IL for most of the season. They've made, uh, if I recall correctly, there was something kicking around on the internet. Uh, and when I say the internet, I'm not talking about, you know, 300 follower Andy this is like <laughs> journalists saying yeah. that that Rogers will will look to reinvest that money into players for the team yeah because that contract was fully insured yeah um, so if Ryu so, doesn't doesn't pitch at all he'll they'll get that money back basically so yeah they can allocate yep. that 20 million dollars somewhere else which hopefully is on another starting pitcher oh, um, yeah, they're gonna need to but there's yeah. one more thing I want to talk when it comes to scuttlebutt and then we'll talk about the stuff that's actually happening. It's really interesting. The last like hour and a half, I've seen more of this uh, Acuna for Bichette talk here. Uh, it, it's just, it's really, it's, it's blowing it seems up. Seems far fetched to me. It's quite far fetched. I don't see why either team makes this trade. I still think the Braves are going to bring back uh, Dansby Swanson as well. So. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. He's a free agent, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> I just think it's fun. It's fun, though, to speculate as far as what's going to happen. A one-for-one one trade, I wouldn't do it. I'm not so sure why we're so eager to trade Boba Shett. Uh, I'm not sure either. I, I, know, I don't think I, I would. I know we've talked about it, and it's between, like, Vladdy has said he wants to finish his career in Toronto. Uh, yes. Bo has never really s said anything to that effect. That's what the smart man does, though. It makes yes. it easier to ne to exactly. negotiate. Vladdy, it's pretty locked in that he's going to be signed to like a massive deal. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> it's just it is. It, he's been preparing for this since he was 14 years old. Yeah, I mean, uh, he is very, very committed to the team. Not that Bo isn't. I think that it, another it just, another low key perk of having john schneider as a manager is that the guy like these those two guys obviously have a great relationship with schneider yep and that could play a factor into a decision to signing long term is is liking your your manager liking your boss you know but uh <laughs> i just I don't think know. people just random thought i had i just think people look to try to find a reason to dislike boba Shett. and let me tell you as someone who has actively tried to find these things <laughs> i love Boba Shett. Yeah. Like, it's just, he's a great player. He had a, a, obviously, I picked him to be 
uh, our MVP for the season way back in He almost was. Uh, <laughs> he almost was. Down the stretch, uh, he was unbelievable. But even having a down season for Bo, he was still great. He ended up hitting 290. It wasn't even that much yeah. of a down season. I mean, he was right there. He was had the same WRC plus as Kirk. So, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. no, I'm I'm down for it. I'm down for more Bo. Oh, yeah. Uh, long-term deals for these Mo guys. Bo. It's um, it's going to happen. It's just it's a matter of do they wait another season? Do they wait to go before they go all all in with their cash money? Um, I'm not I'm not worried. If yeah. it were a problem, they would have expressed it at this point. Somebody would have expressed something at some point. But um, stop hating on Bo. Just like you know, whatever. Let's move on. Let's talk about the roster notes. Yes, uh, the Jays have picked up. Anthony Bass's three million dollar option <laughs> for twenty twenty three—that's an absolute steal. Yeah, yeah I no wonder if there. Bass is mad about that. Probably not. Probably not. He's got three million dollars coming his way. He's like three um, million bucks, and he's like going to be a critical part of this team moving forward, the yeah. way that he wanted to be, like in the past. Like, I, yeah, it's just a, it's just a W for everybody. Yeah. Um, Taylor Sacedo is on his way to the New York Mets. He Surprise. was claimed off waivers. The Jays were trying to free up a 40-man spot, so they did uh, put Sosedo on waivers last week to try and sneak him through, but the Mets said, no, thank you. We will take that. Um, he spent yeah. most of the year on the IL, serviceable left-handed reliever. Who knows what happens there? He could end up with another team by the time spring training is over anyway. Yeah, uh, Casey Lawrence passed through waivers without being claimed. The 35-year-old yes. uh, was outrighted from the 40-man. He's been assigned to Buffalo, but is likely to elect for free agency as a minor leaguer. He's 35 years old, like I said. He, I think this year, I think I think he hadn't pitched in the big league since 2018 uh, until he made his appearances this season. He was minor league depth, so no big loss there. Yeah. Uh, Nathan Lucas was selected to the 40-man roster yesterday, Patrick. He had to be in order to avoid minor league free agency because he could have elected for it yesterday. Um, it, in Buffalo this year, he had a slash of 285, 364, 425, and a 111 WRC+. Plus. He plays all three outfield positions, mainly center field, and he actually stole 20 bases in Buffalo as well. Left-handed bat. We were talking about him as why haven't they gave him a chance. Um, it's rumored that the Jays will non-tender Raimel Tapia because um, he'll be set to make a, a decent little amount of money in arbitration as a veteran player. Uh, so Lucas could be a replacement on the roster for, for Tapia. He's around the same age that Tapia is as, a, as 28 years old. So, I mean, it's... Yeah, it, it, I think I think it's likely that he comes into spring training with an inside track on a roster spot, depending on the moves that are made between now and then. I'll always remember Tapia for the inside the park Grand Slam. That was one yes. of the best moments of the season. 100%. Um, but really, when you get down to it, he is a slightly above, a very slightly above average outfielder. Um, if that. Who, <laughs> who is, like, obviously a very likable player. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just think he boomerangs back to Colorado. Like, I think he just goes right back there. Boomerang? Yeah. Is that how, when you go one place, you come back? Yep, that's a boomerang. It's like a boomerang. Yeah. yeah I, I think he'll so. just go back to, to Colorado, which is kind of funny because we're going to pay Randall Gritchick $4.33 million next year. Again. And they may end up having both players. 
Does that mean it's an L? No, I no, don't think so. I don't think so no. either. They need the money to to sign other players. I think Lucas is, w- would be fine. He'll probably just be a replacement level player, exactly like Tapia was. Um, we he's a left-handed bat though. That's the difference. We need that. Is that. A difference. Yeah, Tapia this team got crushed every time. Like every time it had to face a tough pitcher and an already like you got to make moves to kind of change it up. Yeah, it's it's worth a it's worth a shot anyway. Um, Worst case scenario, uh, he hits one eleven and he'll stay yeah. on the team anyway because they don't like to DFA players here yeah. in Toronto. Agreed. Um, yeah. So <laughs> Ryu and Vinny Capra were actually reinstated from the sixty day IL. That's a procedural move. The IL doesn't in, in theory exist during the off season, so they have to be re added to the forty man roster. Um, <clears throat> Ryu had his Tommy John in june so he's likely to miss most of 2023 at at the earliest he could probably come back in august is kind of the the timeline for tommy john yeah. uh, but i wouldn't expect that to happen with an older guy and Vinny capra uh had seven plate appearances at the jays in october before he had to have tendon surgery on his middle finger isn't um 2023 the final season of Ryu's four-year deal that is correct yes because he signed before the 2020 season so he will be no longer a Blue Jay after 2023 I don't think we ever see him pitch again I just don't see it happening uh yeah I wouldn't rate him off but obviously I don't think he'll ever no I mean as a Jay yeah 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 yeah. um I think he's thrown his last pitch as a Jay I still love him oh yeah love him to death Nothing but good things to say about him, but it's just... I, and I mean, perfect world, he comes back and contributes something at the end of the season. Um, maybe. It could, it, it could be one of those, uh, you know, like, pseudo-trade deadline acquisitions if he's able to come back in August and provide any sort of value. Isn't that a uh, fast track, though, for a TJ? Not really. I mean, the, the usual months. target is, like, 12-ish months to come back, and it really depends on, he I won't think, the initial severity. Yeah, he won't even be close to midseason form. No, even if he that's like, he could be yeah. like a three inning guy. You know, like you, you never know. Like, it depends what your rotation's looking like at that point in the season. But yeah. that could be a role. But we'd have to wait and see. It's obviously too early to speculate on that. And Vinny Capra, on the other hand, is more so like I, I call him like a Whit Merrifield clone. He plays second base, plays outfield, speedy guy. He's been in the organization a long time. He could be a guy who is released at some point. Um, just because of the fact that he doesn't really have too much everyday major league player outside, upside to him. But obviously he had to be added back to the roster for that reason. And we already talked about Randall Grichuk. Um There are only a handful of Jays or four Jays who are likely to not be back in 2023. Uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. and Bradley Zimmer are two of them. Brad- Jackie Bradley Jr. is already a free agent. Bradley Zimmer is out of options and is like the bottom man on the totem pole in terms of the outfield. It's likely he'll be non-tendered. Um, Rymel Tapia is likely to be non-tendered. And then Ross Stripling is a free agent. Obviously, we would love to see Strips back because of how great he was this year. Um, I would say, I, I would personally say that's like a, there's a 30% chance he comes back to Toronto. I'm not sure what you're feeling for odds, but I think about 30. I know you, we both love him. <laughs> love him to death. He's the only, he is the only Blue Jay, as long as I, my heart is beating, that will ever 
be on this podcast and that's the way i want to keep it probably that's just uh yeah yeah that's the way i'd like it uh i'm good with it um (laughs) i love him to death um relieved they didn't qualify him i don't Um, think he would have taken it that's my my gut says he wouldn't have taken it but i could be wrong but yeah 19 19, million dollars is a lot of fucking money yeah but like there's no three four starter yeah he wants to he whatever contract it is he signs will probably be the last of his career or close to it Mm. he's 32 is he not yeah i think so Uh, he's 32 yeah he's 32 this is his best season by far yep um no the qualifying offer for him would have been 15.8 million still yeah. Or no, sorry. I'm wrong. No, I, I, I take the nineteen. Back. Yeah. But yeah, he's thirty. I, he's, I th- he's going. To, he's going to be thirty-three um, on the twenty-third of this month. So. This is yeah. The, whatever contract he signs, this is pretty much. Uh, Probably his last like, multi-year deal. Yeah, it'll. It's his. This is his chance to get as much paper as he can on a contract that he's ever received before. Uh, or ever will so i you, i don't blame him at all for chasing the paper not at all could you see him on um like a kikuchi kind of three year 36 ish is that fair it's fair but i wouldn't do it um to be honest with you i don't think it's about toronto i think it's about low like yeah, I just I think, think there are other places his, I think he'd probably family, rather pitch. Yeah. Yep. No. I... Um. I think I wouldn't be surprised if he was back in L.A. I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up in Houston. Um. I wouldn't even be that far surprised if he ended up in Arlington. Um. Because mm-hmm. his off season, or actually, well, Houston is re- is where he is based off of in in the off season. Um, but he's got so many connections in LA still. A lot of his friends are still there on the pitching staff. That's where he broke into the league. That's where he had his first good season. Um, they did trade him, um, but he still got the ring for that season. So I don't know. Look, I love the guy. I'd love to have him back. I don't think three thirty or three year thirty six million dollars. I wouldn't do that deal. No, um, only because we just did one of those deals and it blew up in our face. Um, I would do like, I would do two, I would do two twenty six. Yeah, I think I he's gonna look th- for a three year deal. Yeah, and he deserves it. I agree. Um, that being said, if he came back, I'd be fucking thrilled. Oh yeah, for it. sure. Especially um, if there was a no move clause, I would get a strips jersey. Yeah, if it did, for sure. <laughs> there would not be a no move clause. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Players without options on the roster in twenty twenty three: Mitch White, Julian Merriweather, Bradley Zimmer if he is kept, and Trevor Richards. So those would be the four guys with the uh, lowest shelf life, the shortest shelf life on the roster. Yeah, it's, I think all four will not be Jays. I would tend to agree with you. Um, 
Bradley, Bradley Zimmer has to be gone, in my opinion. You can't expect to win a World Series with a guy who can't hit on your team. Um, you need to you just need to improve their rotation, their bullpen, and their bench depth. Those are the the three the three areas. Uh, Richards has obviously we've seen flashes of brilliance and we've seen awful stretches as well. Mm. If if the bullpen doesn't have many additions it's likely he starts the year as a blue jay but if he has if he struggles he's an easy candidate for a dfa merriweather has barely been healthy in his time as a blue jay and mitch white was not good uh as a starter he had great numbers before the trade with the the dodgers and did not have a good stretch with the jays It'll be really interesting to see what happens throughout the offseason and spring training with him if he is yep. traded to somebody else um, or what happens there. But I'll, I'll give you my take. I'll give you my quick take. My it, This isn't a hot take at all. Mitch White, I think, is the most likely out of the four of these players without options to return. The reason why is because he we have tons of control on him. Uh, he's not a free agent, I think, until 2028 or something like that. Yep. Something like that, yep. Arbitration eligible 2025. So he's he, he's also going to turn uh, 28 next month, at the end of next month. He's still young, and at the very worst-case scenario, we could see what he could do for, uh, as, like, uh, the swing man in a, for a year. Uh, he's not totally useless. He just didn't look good at all this year. Um, Julian Merriweather, I think the... We can close the book on Julian Merriweather. He, I think it's he, time, too. Yeah. I think it's time. I think the saga has ended. Uh, Cleveland won the trade. Uh, <laughs> Trevor Richards, I would be fine if I never saw him pitch for the Jays again. Not because I hate him as a person, but because I just think he's not good at <laughs> baseball. Um, and Bradley Zimmer is absolutely not going to be back. Neither is Bradley Zimmer, neither is Rymel Tapia. And I would say Strips is probably uh, 80-20 gone. Fair. Um, get your paper. Get your money. Yeah. Absolutely. Deserves to get paid. Uh, obviously, there are, are a lot of free agents. I'm not sure how much time I want to spend on this today, but... Yeah, fuck it. Let's go in. Let's go we in. Got time. <laughs> yeah, like uh, Jacob deGrom and Justin Verlander are the top starting pitcher free agents Degrom's 34 verlander's almost 40 um kershaw's gonna go back to the dodgers we know that he'll, sign, he'll probably sign another one-year deal and just keep rolling it run it back uh carlos rodon is out there as a free agent noah Syndergaard's out there although i don't want anything to do with him nathan nivaldi got a qualifying offer from boston which i was kind of surprised by considering his projected market value is actually below the qualifying offer value um so that was that was something but those are kind of the main guys the the jays were close to getting verlander last year according to rumor mill he was he chose between the jays and and the astros uh george springer was doing a lot of lobbying with his former teammate which hopefully happens again this year yeah would would you be comfortable signing verlander for two years no why because he's 40 He's going to win a Cy Young Award as a 39-year-old. Good for him. He's also 40. You know how fast pitchers can drop off? They could, yeah. Super high risk. 
and it's going to be Patrick, very expensive. Kate Upton could be a Toronto Blue Jay. <laughs> now you make a very, <laughs> very good point. Yeah, I don't know. I I I'm all for signing Verlander. I think. No, I don't want to. I don't want to compare it to like Kawhi Leonard for the Raptors, but like, it's para- not. It's not parachu- even close. Parachuting in a guy who is a World Series winner, multiple Cy Young winner, MVP winner into no. your team for even just a year or two could be one of the things that makes a difference no. for a team. No. I, I think you're wrong. Um, no. And you should feel bad. Uh, I would rather I'd rather Carlos Rodon. Yeah. Uh, I would rather Jacob DeGrom. I'm, I'm worried about DeGrom is because he's he hasn't been healthy for a full season in almost forever. Yeah, I, I'm not wild on DeGrom either. My top pick is Carlos Rodon. I would pay... And he's a lefty. We like I would that. pay so much fucking money to have him on the team. We like lefties. We do like. Oh that. my God, he's only thirty. I think uh, Rodon and and Evoldi would be the two guys that I would. Would you do five? Sign five and then uh, a Hundy for Carlos. I think Rodon. he would be. He would have to be like a Gosman level deal, like a five one fifteen. They're both. Holy. Fuck, well, it's the same age as Gosman was when the Jays signed him, right? Like twenty nine thirty. Okay, here it is. This is my final offer for Carlos Rodon. Five. Uh, five year, hundred million with a player option for a sixth year. Uh, where it's twenty five instead of twenty. Ooh, that's that's bold. That's super bold. Yeah, but there it is. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think obviously between Degrom, Verlander, and Rodon, I think those guys are going to command a lot of interest. I think the first two in Degrom and Verlander will obviously get shorter term deals being 39 and 34 respectively. Whereas Rodon, like you said, he'll be 30 right away here. Thor is 30 as well. Thor is 30 and he hasn't been a full-time starter for like three years now. Um, yeah. We, it'd Voldy, be interesting to get Thor on like a really cheap deal. I don't and want him. Suddenly he has a <laughs> you don't want him at all. I don't want him right? at all. I, I Let's move on then. I think he Let's is just doesn't okay. have it anymore in terms let's of just go through starter. the starter let's go through the starting pitchers let's just, just give me a second here all right so clayton kershaw is he's going out he's going to go to the dodgers yes. he's already basically uh, agreed to a deal but <laughs> trevor bauer is untouchable uh, still is untouchable and uh ineligible for yeah. another season i believe david price david... is probably going to retire yeah no he's done he's no uh i love david price but no jacob Degrom, i wouldn't Bec- even if he was fully healthy, because again, he's told he's... the Rangers that he's interested in signing with them. Apparently, uh, yeah, I'm fine with that. Good for him. Uh, Justin Verlander, no, I wouldn't. I would, I would, I would do one year, twenty five million for Justin Verlander, and that would be my upper upper limit. And he's not going to agree to that. He'll get no. paid more money somewhere else. Fine, Carlos Rodon, I would do what I just said, five. 100 with a six-year player option at 25 so it would amount to six 125 that's pretty generous um thor i would only bring him back as the number five starter nathan avaldi would would have been a guy i would have wanted to pursue but it looks like he is going back to to boston granky i think is retiring um, this is interesting. Sean Manea. Manaya. Yeah. Manea. Manaya. Manaya. This is interesting. He wouldn't come at a too high a price, and he's been a guy I've been interested in uh, coming to Toronto probably since we started the podcast. 
in 2018. He's had some bad years, but he he was not good in San Diego. Um, I don't know. How do you feel about Sean Manaya? Manaya. I I like Sean Manaya. He he didn't have a great stint with the Padres. He's a lefty. But he is a lefty. <laughs> um, and he could be a pretty serviceable mid rotation guy. I, I, he might not be as expensive as some of these other. No, ones. he 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 definitely wouldn't be, uh, just based on his career track record um, of less success. Than but I, it's on. he he could be a an adequate replacement for Strips if we can't get Strips back. Kyle Gibson, no. Mike Miner, no. Chris Bassett, no. Andrew Heaney, no. Corey Kluber, hell no. Tyler Anderson, no. Taiwan Walker, yes. I'm into the very into the idea of bringing uh, Taiwan Walker into the fold. Um, I loved him in Toronto, man. I was so thrilled. I really hoped that we, he would have hung on. He didn't have a great 2021, but he did have a very good 2022. He's only 30 years old. I could see he would be, I, I'm saying, I'm saying it now. Taiwan Walker is my, if break glass in case of, of strips, like if we don't have strips, I want Taiwan Walker on this rotation. I'm not sold on Taiwan Walker personally, but that's fine. I mean, obviously priority goes to Carlos Rodon, but I feel like they could sign both. I don't think there's a rule that says they can't do both. No, there's no rule. It's a lot of money. Michael Waka. It would be kind of fun to have Waka and Strips on the same team if that was doable. Yeah, I I, I don't know. Like for me, I, I think my priorities would be Rodon, Manaya, um, and then maybe. Do you have any sort of oh. romantic uh, attraction to the prospect of bringing Jamison Tay on to the team? No, I don't, but he's a guy who's interesting because he had a good year. And, well, Mike Clevenger. And we know Tyon can pitch against the AL East. So um, Clevenger, he's he's risky. Coming off a down year? Coming off a down year after missing a year. Um, mm. At 32 almost, he's risky for me. But I mean, depending on the price, a two-year deal maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like it's lots of these guys are like. There's a lot of risk in a lot of these starting pitchers. Like there's not a ton of guys on here who have. I think they're a ton of durability. Uh, we're gonna see a lot. I think a lot of these guys are gonna get underpaid. I think a lot of them will get that's overpaid. What's gonna happen? I think that's what's gonna happen. I, I think there's some gonna, of them will get overpaid. I some of them will the get the guys underpaid. who have a history of staying healthy. I think will get paid more than they're worth. And the guys yeah. who have a history of not being so healthy are going to sign later in the offseason to shorter-term deals is how is what I'm predicting. Drew Smiley will be, I think he'll be a late, uh, a late one. But he is kind of interesting. He has not had uh, a season where he has pitched over 127 innings since 2016. And even then, um, he had that. And then the year before that, he only pitched 62 or 66 innings. He's been very inconsistent and he's currently injured, I believe, or is getting over, just getting over an injury. He's a free agent now. Um, Johnny Cueto is 37 or will be 37 when the season starts. Yeah. That's not ideal. Dylan Bundy (laughs) is mildly interesting. Mm. I think it has Martin Perez uh, at 32. Do you yeah. take a flyer on Martin he's, Perez? He's interesting because he had such a good year. 
He did. But and didn't get traded. Um, I don't know. Like there's, there there's some really like there's obviously some really big high end names out here, and there's a lot of like number three, number four rotation guys here, which is what really what the Jays need, right? Like they've they've obviously got Manoa and Gosman as your one A one B. Uh, and then hopefully Barrios with the rebound to be a serviceable number three guy. I would take Ross Stripling over every player on this list except for Carlos Rodon. Interesting. I don't know if I feel the same way, but... It's would, very close between him and Taiwan Walker for me. I would, for, pref- uh, I would like to see Stripling back, but I don't know if I feel that strongly about it. <laughs> my pri- my I would go number one, Carlos Rodon, number two, uh, Ross Stripling, number two, B... Taiwan Walker, and then number three, Sean Manea, Manaya. Okay, yeah, all right. That's all right. that's that's my three. I okay. think that's, and imagine getting two of them. That's a huge coup. Then you can punt Yusei Kikuchi, uh, and then there you go. I would love to have Strips back though. I think he represents significant stability. He'll never be a swing man again though. Never. No, He'll start. he's going to be a starter, which is... I mean, he was an effective starter without idea. any preparation yep. for the season. He was throwing 75 pitches yep. and still getting us dubs. Agreed. No, I mean, there's definitely some interesting guys out there. Um, it's going to be really, really interesting to see how fast the market develops compared to last season. Obviously, there's yeah. no lockout this year which really threw a, a, a huge wrench in in the plans of last offseason just because teams had to had to wait to sign anybody until basically spring training. Um, like just with the example with the Jays being uh, the signing of Kikuchi was late in the in spring training kind of thing. So, I, I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see if the market kind of picks up right away and goes balls to the wall, so to speak. But I don't know. I'm I'm curious. I'm just curious on that. As I I really think that the faster it moves, the higher salaries we'll see. The more it kind of drags on, I think you'll see a lot of guys not necessarily settling, but taking a little bit less just to sign some some deals. But I think it drags on, and I think that almost every player that we just mentioned, with the exception of Verlander, and maybe Rodon, it, uh, are all going to be severely underpaid. Interesting severely yeah i just think I, I i don't see why a team would want to blink first yeah i don't know i i'm the op i obviously like the mets and the and the padres were willing to pony up some big dollars to keep those two relievers where they are the richest teams in the league but. yeah but also i think that might be a sign of the market as a whole i think teams are going to be willing to pay premiums this year just based on the fact that we saw the phillies spend a lot of money last offseason on guys like Schwarber and it got them to the World Series. I think teams, a lot of teams are, are, are seeing like, like the money ball approach is great, but a team with a low payroll has not won the World Series recently. It hasn't happened. Like the Rays have been there, but they haven't won. You know, it's like you can get there, but it's having those, it's having the Verlanders, it's having the Schwarbers, it's having the Harpers of the world that allow you to win World Series championships. So, you're not wrong, but at the same time, I don't know, man. It's a lot of money to dump on the table. We have a lot of needs. Imagine spending forty-five million dollars on our bullpen rather than Justin Verlander. <laughs> yeah. 
That being said, Verlander can win you a World Series. He literally just did that. But he's not that great in the playoffs, um, <laughs> as history has taught us. But I'd rather spend $45 million on the bullpen and bringing back Ross Stripling. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. It's really exciting. There are a lot of interesting opportunities for the Jays. I think the Jays are in one of the best possible positions. They have players that they could deal and get back a treasure trove of value. Moreno is one of them. Um, I wouldn't sleep on Guriel getting dealt as well. It's sad because I love him, but I don't know. He's going to be a free agent in, what, one or two seasons? Something like that. Something like that. I think one more year, yeah. Yeah. Um, Would you rather Lars Newtbar in the outfield or Lourdes Gurriel Jr.? <sighs> Newtbar, I think, personally. Well, <laughs> done deal then. Yeah. We'll see, uh, though. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll we'll try and be back on a more regular schedule now. Obviously, we we took a month off, but it was, it was good to be back. Uh, if anything breaking happens, you can follow us on Twitter at BFMD Podcast. We'll be sure to keep everybody informed on Blue Jay news and roster moves and things like that there. You can find our website, BFMDpodcast.com. Listen to the show on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you, as always, for taking the time to listen to this episode. We're glad to have you back with us. You can leave us a review if you want to help more people find us and help us find more people. For Patrick Marsh out in Halifax, it's Justin here in Saskatoon. We will see you next time.